today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantar. One of the things about being in Christ that, that Paul talks about in Ephesians is that we have all we need in Christ, that we've been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And so the lie that we often buy into with anger is that I need my reputation or I need this promotion or I need this. I need to be respected. I need to have revenge. That is what is going to fulfill and satisfy me as a person. But the good news of being in Christ is that we are loved in Christ and we can trust God for justice. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Hope in God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. The good news of being in Christ is that He is perfect and He is just, and we can trust in His character and have true rest. The Apostle Paul says that you have every spiritual blessing in Christ. You can find your satisfaction in Him alone. If you stop abiding in Jesus, you begin to bring forth bad fruit, such as anger and wrath. Pastor Ricky will be exhorting you today to rid yourself of all selfishness and anger so that you can live in harmony and love towards others in Christ. Let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 for our continuing study entitled, Love Towards Others in Christ. We should be honest and truthful, just the way that your body is honest and truthful in order for it to function. It would not be any help if your hand just decided, I'm going to start lying to my brain about how I'm really feeling. So the eyes looking down is like, man, that doesn't look good. That gash, man, you're really bleeding hard from that. And the hand's sending up signals, I'm good. Like, you want a Band-Aid or something, bro? And he's like, no, we're good, man. And just blood's coming out. In the same way Paul is saying, you're one in Christ. And so it doesn't do any good. If, If one part of the body's hurting, it needs to be honest so that the rest of the body can help. And we want to be, because of Jesus, a place of gospel and a place of safety that we can tell truth and not, not be judged in self-righteousness by one another, but, but loved and, and, and rallied around as a church. That's what Paul has in view here. That's why he encourages us to speak truth in Christ. But second, second area, anger in Christ. Anger in Christ. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So the put off here is sinful anger. And now, this is an important distinction because there is both good and bad anger in the Bible. Jesus gets angry in that famous story where he goes in and cleans out the temple when the temple is being used for making money rather than worship, and, and that's good. The Bible says that's a good thing, sometimes to be angry about things that you should be angry about, but often our anger is not as pure. You know, the other day I was driving with Tom and and somebody pulled out in front of me, and so I honked at them. I honked at them, and Tom said something like, you doing all right there, buddy? You know? And, and I then, over the course of about five minutes, explained my philosophy as to why my honking was not in anger. It was not a sinful anger. It was more of a, more of a righteous anger in which This is what I was trying to communicate with that honk, I told Tom. I'm trying to communicate to this person who obviously, 
may be unaware of the danger they put this entire flow of traffic into. And by honking, I mean to say, hello, sir. I hope your day is going well, but that was very dangerous. And I'm going to encourage you not to do that again. Have a nice day. That's, that's what, so if I honk at you, just know that's what's in my heart. I just, I just want to love you well. I just want to serve society. Uh, and... <laughs> And so I remember Tom kept kind of working on me. And by the time I you know, finished my time with Tom, I thought, yeah, that was probably anger. It's probably sinful anger. There's probably a little bit of like, hey, don't do that again. And there's probably like 90% of you jerk, you know? So this is the difficulty with anger. There is a good and righteous kind of anger. And if in all seriousness, if I could honk in a way that was not sinful, but just kind of a light warning, hey, watch out there, buddy. That'd be fine, right? That wouldn't be necessarily bad. But if I'm, if I'm, it, as soon as the honk goes from ant eh, to ant, eh, you know, that, that somewhere in that line, we cross over into sinful anger, right? And think about this. Why do we get angry? Okay? Because anger at its core is sort of an emotional response, and it's really what you do with that and what you allow to make you angry that matters. So, James, the book of James says, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it that you desire, but you don't have something? You're, you're craving something, you're after something, and sinful anger usually has its root in something we're not getting, and either the object of what you're trying to get or the means you're trying to get it are sinful. So we're not be feeling respected by our kids, so we get angry, or by an employee, so we get angry. We're not getting help at the DMV, so we get angry. Or really legitimately, we've been wronged and offended, so we crave revenge. We want to see them hurt. We want to see them humiliated. So anger says, I want this, and we'll stop at nothing to get it. But the problem is when that desire becomes ungodly, our anger is ungodly which is why we need to renew our minds. And here's what that looks like. Being in Christ gives hope to angry people. And the first way it gives hope is this. Anger is usually a public and obvious sin, isn't it? It's hard to hide that many times. And we can feel embarrassed. We can feel ashamed. We can feel like, man, I can't even come to the church community if I've been angry. But this is the good news of the gospel, friends. We are sinfully angry people who deserve our righteous anger from God, but Jesus bore God's righteous anger for us. So God looks at us in our anger. He, he doesn't have his wrath pointed at us because he had it pointed at Jesus. And he wants to love and help us as forgiven people now. So how does that change our minds? Well, one of the things about being in Christ that, that Paul talks about in Ephesians is that we have all we need in Christ, that we've been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And so the lie that we often buy into with anger is that I need my reputation or I need this promotion or I need this. I need to be respected. I need to have revenge. That is what is gonna fulfill and satisfy me as a person. But the good news of being in Christ is that we are loved in Christ and we can trust God for justice, that he is perfect and he is just, and he will rightly be angry at all things that are ungodly, and he will set all things right in the end, and it allows us to rest. 
So the put on here is sort of implied, but the put on is, is two things. At first, we have self-control, that we not allow the sun to go down on our anger, meaning that it just sort of burns all day and all night. We have self-control. But second, being in Christ also helps us be righteously and rightly angry at the things that should make us angry without sinful anger. So that there should be an element where if somebody is doing something, maybe in the church, gossiping, slandering somebody right there, right in front of you, there can be an element of righteous anger, but also love where you say that, brother or sister, that, that's not glorifying to God. I don't want to hear this. I don't think you should do this. But it's under control, right? It's not, don't say that about my brother. It's, friend, I'm grieved for you. You can't do this. And the difference is you're not acting out of don't say that about me. Don't say things against people that I love, but it's, it's being in Christ turns our love toward them where we say, I'm concerned for you. I can't allow you to hurt the church body. I can't allow you to hurt these people, but I'm grieved for you and I want to help you. That's anger. Third, possessions in Christ. And this will speed up a bit as we go now that I think you got kind of the concept the put off here, verse 27, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everyone in need. So the put off is stealing. Again, simple. Don't take things that aren't yours. Maybe at work, this looks like taking work stuff home and forgetting to bring it back or even stealing time from your employer, which is a big thing. Uh, I remember hearing a story from a guy one time that admitted that some of his coworkers, uh, they, they were in a kind of a, uh, a business or vocation where they would drive vans around. And so they were only supposed to take certain breaks. And so one of his coworkers apparently had like a magnet that he would stick over the logo of the, the organization he worked for so that he could go take longer breaks and sometimes go to a movie or something. So, so he actually like... <laughs> Because he knew somebody was going to see him if he's just like at Cinemark, right? So he, got, he, he made some magnets for the van, right? And you think, well, he didn't steal anything, but he did. He stole time. He, he claimed to his employer, I'm doing something, and he didn't. Or maybe you, and, and this may be controversial, but okay, I'm just going to say it. The Bible is pretty clear that we're just not to take things that aren't ours, even when we don't always agree with the laws that govern those things. So taking things that aren't yours online is a huge thing, like music or movies or stealing pictures or designs or whatever. Anytime you take something that isn't yours, that's breaking God's laws. But here's the lie behind that. It's this. The lie is by breaking God's laws, my life will be better. The lie is that I must have this thing to entertain me or take my pain away or to make my life easier. But at the end of the day, we're really stealing from God because this is what, what we're saying. We're saying, God, you haven't given me enough, so I'm going to take what isn't mine. But this is how we renew our minds. The, the, the gospel gives us hope knowing that we stole glory from Christ and from God. And as a result, our very lives should be stolen away from us. But Christ had his life stolen instead.
We should have things taken away from us, but instead we receive blessing after blessing after blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is what Paul says. So the truth is we do not need to steal because God will provide all we need and has provided all we need. All the joy, all the resources, all the things our family needs, we can trust God. So the opposite of stealing then is, I love what Paul does here, generosity. He doesn't just say, hey, don't steal. Stop stealing. He says, no, no, no. I don't want you to just stop stealing. I want you to actually be generous. Because here's the thing. When you get and understand all that Christ has given you, you, your natural response is going to be, I want to give things away to other people. So Paul is just saying, don't don't just stop short at like the halfway point of, well, I'm not stealing anymore, but I'm going to still guard everything that's mine jealously because I need every one of these things to be happy. Paul says, look, when your happiness is in Christ and you trust him for the future, you can be generous. You can be generous so that you may have something to share with anybody in need. Wouldn't it be great to, to have your hold on stuff lessened so that if you hear of a need, you could just be released to give it? That's what Paul wants us to get to. Fourth, our speech in Christ. Paul writes, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This word for corrupting talk is literally the word rotten. And it was used sometimes to talk about fish that would just sit out in the sun you ever had that happen to you where you leave some food out and this smell begins to take over your car? One time I had uh, somebody, when I was in school, played a joke on me and left a, a plate of sushi underneath my, like the driver's side car. And so within a few days, it smelled super weird. And I could not figure out, I mean, I'm like, look, what, what, am, what is happening? Like, this is not, and this wasn't even my single days. This was a clean car because I was married by that time. I mean, so the people that were judging me, it wasn't, it wasn't me. And finally, <laughs> a week later, I find this thing. And I think this is, I mean, it was, it was gross. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, you need to put away talk that smells like that. Okay, and then he gives some examples of what that could be. But when we participate in rotten talk, it infects people. It has an aroma to the world around us. And it could be anything from outright lies to people to starting or passing on rumors or gossiping things that really serve no purpose other than to corrupt. And friends, this is like the, the battleground for our like, age has become our, our lives online. Um, one of the biggest places this happens is because in an instant, you can email, you can text, you can post to literally everybody you know in the world what thought you're having, which could be great or it could be really dangerous, right? So before we do that, Paul wants us to to ask, is this helpful? Is this gossiping? Is this just corrupting people? And why do we do that? Well, when we are desperate in our search for a, a safe identity, when we're insecure in our identity, our speech corrupts. We we think we need to tear down others to build up ourselves. And you might think, well, this isn't this isn't a huge deal, but Paul says this. 
it actually grieves God's Holy Spirit. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So Paul wants us to think, does our speech to others have a foul aroma? Does it leave people around you bruised and bloodied? So how do we renew our minds then? Well, it's simple. We don't need to gossip or misuse our speech or tear others down to build up our own identity or who we are because our identity is secure in Christ. And so many times this starts because somebody has said something, right, about us that we think, okay, okay, it's on. You want to throw this thing down? I've got like a hundred more friends than you online, right? So me and my extra buddies are going to marshal ourselves and we're going to go after you. Or maybe it only takes a strategic text given to one person that you know will hurt them far more. When we do that, we are trying to protect at any cost our identity. But in Christ, we don't have to care what people say about us that way anymore. If they look better than us, that's okay. If we're not vindicated publicly, that's okay. Because that is not our identity. Our identity is in what Jesus says about us. We can rest in that. And so when we're freed from trying to protect ourselves, Paul says that we actually have an opportunity. The put on is that we have this wonderful opportunity for speech in Christ, that we can build up the whole church body. We can give grace to those that need it. Because think about even our online presence now. You can, you can post something that everybody will see. And I just, I think... It's just been awesome uh, to see that the way that people in our church over the last year have gone through trials and hurts and their speech to others builds up and gives grace even in the hardest times. Whether that's I overhear somebody sharing a life update with a group of people and, and rather than corrupting talk and, and you know, bad-mouthing their boss or bad-mouthing their family members, they're giving grace to those people. The thing that they post online gives grace and encouragement to people that need it. This is the opportunity, Paul says, that you have in Christ. And last, forgiveness in Christ. He ends by saying, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And I think this, there's many different words here, but I think that the center of this is really forgiveness and bitterness. Those are the two kind of, the beginning and the end, kind of the hinges of this verse. And the put off then is bitterness and anger. See, the emphasis is on how we react when we are wrong. And the, the bad response is to get bitter, which leads to wrath and anger. It leads to a ruckus. It leads to slander. It leads to malice. The picture is somebody's hit us and we're going to hit back. We're going to give as good as we've received. We're going to use every means available to us. And the thing that's driving that is bitterness. So it could just be a misunderstanding that gets ugly and kind of becomes a real hurt and offense. Or it could be a real wound that somebody has given you. But the problem, Paul says, is what happens next. You know, being hurt is, you know, relationally is like getting a splinter or a cut, which everybody has. 
And everybody gets cut. You can't avoid that, right? But what are you looking for with that cut? What you're looking for that cut to do is heal. But sometimes it doesn't heal. It starts to get red, right? And then it starts to get puffy. And then it gets purple. And then it itches. And then it turns green and yellow. And then it starts hurting more. And then there's other stuff that starts coming out from it. And you think, okay, that's not good. Like, that cut led to, you know, led to something that is really ugly. And this is what Paul's talking about. So something happens to you and it just continues to grow. And what's driving it growing rather than just getting better is bitterness. Bitterness is driving day after day after day. It gets more and more and more entrenched in your heart. And you know you're bitter when three days later you're madder than the first day the thing happened, Right? Or a week later, you're even angrier. Or two weeks later, you're furious. And it builds up in your heart. And bitterness and a lack of forgiveness is there because we think, I need them to do this. They must be hurt in the way they hurt me. They must feel what it's like when I was hurt. Or they need to give me back this or I'm not going to be the same. And the lie, again, is that those things will make us complete. What bitterness has fixated on, what happens is slowly all of your happiness shifts to being if I got this thing, if they apologized the way I wanted them to, if they were hurt the way I was, then I would be okay. Your life's happiness over time begins to hinge on this thing. And you're willing to do whatever you need to, but... The truth of the gospel is that wholeness is only found in Christ. Christ is all we need. We don't need that thing. And in fact, the more that we pursue that, the more bitter we'll get. But by releasing it and trusting Christ, we will heal. So what does Paul say? He, he wants us to act out of this. So in Christ, we're forgiven, so we forgive We are people, friends, that did not get what they deserve. So we should not give out what people deserve. Now, I'm not talking about justice. I'm not talking about enforcing laws that the government should do. I'm not talking about there being real consequences to sin sometimes and even church discipline. But our posture toward the everyday hurts and woes of Christian life is forgiveness. Do you default to forgiveness or do you default to bitterness? That's what Paul wants you to ask. Now, I can't address all the various situations about forgiveness or what about this, what about that. Look, if you've got a tough forgiveness situation, we as pastors would love to talk through it with you and and explore what God's word looks like in that situation. But for the everyday sorts of hurts, Paul's words are clear. Forgive as God forgave you. Don't allow unforgiveness to fester. Cut it out and heal with forgiveness. Now, I'm going to wrap this up right here, and here's where I want to close. The big point I'm hoping to make with all of this is that our our new identity in Christ changes the way we act and think. It causes us to put off some things and put on other things. And out of that identity is how we're supposed to live. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. It's a question for the ages, and sadly, existentialism has crept into the body of Christ. So where can we find the answer to these sorts of questions? 
Thankfully, our identity in Christ is clear in the scriptures. Pastor Ricky will explore this topic as he teaches through the book of Ephesians. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Elcantad of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website at betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to a computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number here at the church is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship this coming Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study and fellowship and even prayer. For more information, including driving directions, log on to betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. The music that you hear each day on Better News Radio was provided by Sovereign Grace Music. We invite you to visit their website, SovereignGraceMusic.org. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from his series entitled, Who Am I? from the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Better News Radio. 